Well, hello, a very good day to you all, and welcome back to another edition of the Pick Six podcast. Or should I say, UK Pick Six podcast? Because apparently, there's quite a few Pick Six podcasts about its popular name, but I don't think any of them are as reckless to put money down on their picks. Nor do I think any of them actually pick six teams to try and win. Now, obviously, we weren't charlatans, Ollie. They're just <laughs> fake news. Pretenders, man. They're not. They're not willing to put their money where their mouth is. Unfortunately, we're at the end of the season where we can't put a six-team accumulator down, but we are doing our best to still try and make some money uh, off uh, discussing the NFL and then obviously gambling on it. That's the way we make the money. Certainly not with the discussion stuff. Um, Dave, no jazz joining uh, you and myself, Ollie Wilson, for this because, well, I think he. It was real tough for him watching the Vikings lose and seeing Kirk Cousins go out of the playoffs when we all know Jazz really thought he deserved a spot in a championship game I think he's he's in recovery Jazz uh, you know it was, a, it was a tough uh, tough loss for him um, and uh, we haven't spoken to him since so uh, you know we'll have to see going forward whether it's just going to be a two man podcast I'm kind of okay I don't with know. it I mean it's it's not the end of the world for me it's not a deal breaker I was a bit surprised when you asked him to do the podcast you know, a couple of months ago anyway. You know, I kind of thought it would just be me and you um, anyway, so... It was a con- contractual thing. Um, I basically get money off dentistry if I get him involved. <laughs> <laughs> and I've not got great teeth, so it was a vital <laughs> vital thing to do, to be honest, to save on my bills. So. Oh, I can't blame you. Yeah. I can't blame you. That's I, fair I can enough. only apologise to yourself and the audience for the input that he's had over the last few weeks. And <laughs> from the sounds of it, he'll probably be back for the Super Bowl stuff. So, you know, jumping on the bandwagon just at the right time to have all the glory at the end of the season, which, uh, exactly. judging by the way he plays five-a-side football, works out exactly the same and to the jazz routine, so to speak. <laughs> I like how we've just got complete uh, indemnity here. We can we can just slam him as much as you want and there's no comebacks. And as much as I'd love to have a And you one... don't even have to edit him out, you know. It's fun. It's just great. As, as much as I'd love to have a one-hour slamming jazz podcast, <laughs> there's probably some football talk that we should have at some point. Um, uh, yeah. We had a look back at the games from last week, which <laughs> they were interesting quality games really really good games i think that we liked some different bits about each game which is quite interesting um i think i like the chiefs texans a little bit more new we'll get onto it mm. but we both really really enjoyed uh ravens titans uh and just how dominant the 49ers over the vikings that was that was really really fun that to was break down there were kind of like a couple of anti-climaxes and then there were a yeah. couple of really I mean, yeah, there were two anticlimaxes and two absolute bangers. I think when you really like a team, like I do with the 49ers, and you do as well, seeing them dominate another opposition like they did against the Vikings is is really enjoyable. Yeah. So fine. probably not so good if you if you weren't bothered about the 49ers, probably not the game for you. But if you if you're on board with them, then it was it was great to watch. Good we fun. had we had the uh, the crown of a king last weekend. We had the return of the king in Patrick Mahomes. And of course, uh, we had the Vikings getting beat, and then Aaron Rodgers is still just lingering around like the gunslinger that he is, waking to uh, steal the crown right at the end of the year. <laughs> and of course, we'll be diving okay. into the AFC and NFC Championship games, as well as putting down our predictions for who we think will be in the Super Bowl, and actually our gambling predictions of how we're going to make money off just two games this week, which is not too difficult, actually, with the way it's fallen. There's, there is a way around it. It's unlikely, but there is a way to be able to do it. Are you gonna? Are we gonna talk about how badly our betting was from last week, or do you want to just? <laughs> I got three out of four. Oh yeah, you. Oh, I forgot. You came really close. Actually, it was the. It was only the Vikings having a terrible performance that stopped you getting your win, wasn't it? Yeah, the Vikings uh, getting blown out. I had them to at least cover the spread. Everything else, I, I got right. I, I saw Green Bay getting past uh, Seattle with a beating the spread, um, and then I had the Chiefs to blow out Houston on the spread and yeah look at you look at you so confidently saying beating the spread like you know what you're talking about now <laughs> um, you just all you're all over the spread but I'm, assu- I'm assuming the spread is like peanut butter or something and there's a piece of <laughs> toast at the end of it how about how did you do last week then oh no not good i mean i got three winners out of four but i shouldn't get a lot of credit for that and there's only four games and i was going for the, all the favorites anyway uh <laughs> but yeah the titans you, you always know there's going to be one upset and it was the titans game um but i, I didn't mind because, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about the Titans. So it's kind of, um, you know, I was happy to lose a pound on it just to see them win. 
But uh, yeah, that was the one. I really didn't see it coming. I didn't think that they'd have enough to beat the Ravens, but uh, that was it. And I think Jazz was similar. I think he got maybe two out of four, something like that. I don't know. It doesn't yeah. matter. He's not here anyway, so, yeah, well, you know. He probably he won, didn't win any money. the earnings won't count, so it's fine. It doesn't, doesn't exactly. come into it. If you're not here to gloat about it, it doesn't come into it, so <laughs> it's all right. Um, yeah, in, uh, enjoy the podcast. Over the middle, picked off! Blitz coming. Pass is picked off. He's going to go looking again. And it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore. Down on the right sideline. Into the end zone and he's picked off. Back the other way. Yeah, I'm just surprised that Jazz did turn around on Kirk Cousins in a losing game. It's kind of weird, but... Anyway, we should probably talk about the games, actually, and get on with the podcast. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Dave, Niners against the Vikings. Was a, It was a game that we weren't really expecting much from the Vikings, I don't think. Like, the Niners fully rested. Do you buy, actually, into the whole discussion of the Vikings had the shorter week, only six days to prepare? They had to travel as well all the way out to San Francisco and, and that that needs to be changed. It needs to be, you know, the teams need to have a full week. So if you play on that Saturday in the wildcard round you have to play on the Saturday of the divisional round and if you play on the Sunday you have to play on the Sunday I mean that kind of makes yeah. sense yeah I was reading an article on ESPN about that I think it, I think it's a fair point I don't know if it excuses them for only getting seven first downs in a whole game of football though no um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean it, it, it's not an excuse the, I mean the excuse is that the 49ers are a better team yeah and that pass rush against a Vikings offensive line that in big games at times this year has struggled to provide enough protection for Kirk Cousins. It's not the only reason why he's had some bad games, but it's certainly a big part of particularly the game against uh, the Packers towards the end of the season. Cousins had no time and they had no running game. And, and they that's what they had against the Niners. They had no run game on the outside with Dalvin Cook and Cousins didn't have time for most of it once they had to start throwing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wouldn't blame this game on Cousins what he wasn't in my crosshairs I don't think that he managed to lift his team at all at any point uh, which is a problem but I'm not sure that anybody did you know we didn't get anything out of Dalvin Cook like you said we didn't get anything out of the passing game I think there was one big play to digs early on which kind of gave us some false hope that we were going to actually get a game mm-hmm. and they, they just they just put him to bed I mean there was no point after the first quarter where you felt like the Vikings could do anything. It was, it was a knife slowly being twisted into them, really, wasn't it? You, their first drive to reply, the ruthless efficiency of Garoppolo on that first drive for the Niners made you worried about the Vikings' defence. And that's then, what, yeah, that's what you said in our messenger, wouldn't you? You're just like, that is ruthlessly efficient. And yeah. it reminded you of, uh, you know, vintage Brady from, you know, three, four years ago. Well, it was, it was Brady in, the, in overtime against the Chiefs in the championship game last year. That's what it reminded me of. It was just, yeah, we'll move it six, seven yards at a time, six, seven yards at a time, run and short yep. pass, run and short pass. So you knew that the Vikings needed to reply quickly. And they did. You know, they had the 41-yard touchdown to Diggs. Um, they they did a really good job of highlighting the weakness in the in the secondary of the, of the 49ers. Um, and at that point, I think it was Witherspoon they were targeting for a fair bit. Of That's it. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they targeted him like on three consecutive plays and got uh, got yards out of it. Um, but yeah, it just it just all fizzled out, didn't it? I mean, twenty one rushing yards. Yeah, and only for the Vikings, twenty one rushing yards, eighteen off nine for Dalvin Cook. Which it's a dis- it's a disgrace. I mean, I've actually just got like a whole kind of tray of notes about how kind of one sided <laughs> this game was. It. It's ridiculous. I'll just read out their um, Minnesota's drive chart. So started with a punt. Then they got the touchdown that you mentioned. Another punt, punt, field goal, inception, punt, 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 turnover on downs, turnover on downs. End of game. Yeah. That's savage. (laughs) Savage. I mean, that's kind of all you need, really. Like, you know, I mean, you can, we can dissect everything else, but that, that tells a story, doesn't it? It, yeah. it really doesn't matter what the other team does. Um, if, if that's the, the kind of movement that you're getting with the ball, 
and the 49ers seven, played very well, you know. If you're punting seven times in a game, you're giving up possession <laughs> without scoring. And against a 49ers team that's good yeah. in the playoffs, you've got no hope. Um, yeah. It, I will say, and this will lead into the championship games, I'm a little worried about Jimmy Garoppolo. And a lot of people were praising him after the game about how well he did just controlling the game. And, and they used their running game to perfection, the Niners, in that against the Vikings in the victory. Especially but, at the end, yeah. But there are a number of throws, early on in particular, when Garoppolo was either rushed, hurried, or took some sort of contact that was throwing the ball away. And there were a couple of plays in the opening drive or two where you thought, on another night, that gets that gets intercepted. Like, if it fish waggles five yards to the left or five yards slightly overhead, and a lot of some of those receptions were down to luck. Then he got uh-huh. picked off when... You know, he was he's staring down the barrel of the gun at the interception in the end. It's a it's a great play by Eric Hen- Kendricks to l- read Garoppolo's eyes so well. It's a poor throw, though. But yeah, it's a poor throw straight into coverage. And there were a couple more that you were like, that's not great QB play. And I, I'm not saying Garoppolo's like the best quarterback ever or that, we've got, that he needs to live up to such high standards as people like Brady and Rodgers. But, but is he going to get away? Is he going to get away with this if they get to the Super Bowl and have to play the Chiefs? Yeah. And That's against, the thing, against a team that is going to be more prolific against their defense, you know, yeah. if you're going in a shootout, do you back Jimmy Garoppolo to be the guy going in a shootout, or would they have to go right? We're going to kind of be like the Titans. It's going to be run game first to try and control the clock and time of possession. But then we have seen—I can't recall all the games off the top of my head now that we're at the end of the season, but we have seen him have games where he has lit it up. I think he got a four-touchdown game. Um, midway through the season, he's had some huge games with Kittle. Yeah. It's not like we haven't seen him do it before. So, yeah, but he's... yeah, you're right. I mean, I think, you know, in terms of the quarterbacks left, you know, him and Tannehill, it's crazy to kind of think of them on a similar level. But, you know, I'm kind of, their teams are very balanced and they, they're not expected to do a lot both of those quarterbacks, that might be enough to win you a Super Bowl, given how well the rest of their teams are performing around them, especially the Niners. Mm. But, you know, if you... It only works when you're kind of... You're leading a game and you're in control. You know, if they're down by 10 and they're going into the last five minutes in the championship game or in the Super Bowl... You know, is Jimmy G going to be able to do it? I don't know. With with George Kittle, in fairness, there is. A, I mean, there's always a way because he's. It's a safety valve, isn't it? Standout, yeah. phenomenal performer. In terms of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. this year, he's had three games with 300 or more passing yards. Two of those were against Arizona. Uh, the other one was against New Orleans in that 48 to 46 game. In yep. all three of those games, he threw for four touchdowns. But there's only been one other game where he's had three or more touchdown passes in a game and that was against Cincinnati and so not against a quality defense then yeah so not against a quality D against Cincinnati and twice against Arizona so it's only the New Orleans games uh, New Orleans Saints game that you think yeah Jimmy G did 349 yards in that game four touchdown passes threw an interception but had one of his best uh, QB ratings of the season his second best QB rating of the season but that's kind of the only game that they've and going toe-to-toe in a shootout with the Saints is obviously a very good thing to be able to do and to, to win that game and, and it was a great game to watch but I, I just wonder a better defense perhaps might be able to and, and the Titans secondary I quite like as well so it's, it's going to be interesting how they get on you know we'll come to the games this week but yeah it's going to be interesting how they get on against uh, against that Green Bay defense which has been really solid yeah really solid the the interesting thing is um, from the Niners point of view though is that we know and we already knew, but it, that game just confirms the running game, having three running backs that can just rotate in and out and they don't lose anything at all. Everybody's Somebody's always fresh when they need carries. They were devastating with the run game. That offensive yeah. line seems to enjoy the run game. And that front seven on their D is just phenomenal. That front four, you know, at times you thought Armstead the in particular is, is one of my favourite players this year. I love watching that guy. He's killing it. He's just... I, I think that he's kind of... He is known now, but I was thinking at the beginning of the season, it kind of felt like he wasn't maybe getting enough press for how how much damage he was inflicting. I suppose that it's... Because they have got 
you know, now they've really got a lot of stars in that front seven, like you said. So they're all kind of competing against each other to who's the top dog. It's not just one player standing out. Um, just going back to you're talking about the running backs. I just absolutely love watching Tevin Coleman do this to teams because I was such a big fan of his when he was in Atlanta. Mm. And But having said that, I'd, I've always enjoyed him, but he was in Atlanta, he was more of a passing back and he's still used in the passing game. But against a... What on the night was, the Vikings' D was poor. You know, they made him look like a world-class back, really, didn't they? I mean, he was just he was just getting first downs. It felt like every time he was touching the ball, he got 105 yards, two touchdowns, 4.8 yards per carry. They made him look really good. So I don't know if he's going to be able to do that against Green Bay. But I think their run defense is a lot better. Does it matter if he doesn't do it per se? Because, I mean, Raheem Mostert, you would never say, I, is a top back. And he got well, they, 58 this, yards, I mean. But th- this is this is the thing, though. If they Because they don't have a top back, a standout number one back, you know, against the, the lesser run defenses, you know, they, they can get away with having Coleman, Mostert. And who's, who's their third one? Matt Breeder. Matt Breeder, of course, um, who I thought was going to be a breakout. I thought he would be getting most of the yards this year, but it hasn't gone that way because the other two are doing so well. But I don't know. You, you haven't got a Derek Henry. You haven't got an Aaron Jones against a better run defense. Yeah, they. I don't know. They might not be able to do that. Well, Breeder, Breeder is the starting running back in theory for them on the kind of the starters list. But yeah, they all they all rotate so much around the place that it doesn't. <laughs> it just doesn't really matter. It um, does mean they're all fresh, though, doesn't it? Yeah, and and I think I think they're you saw that what was it that ten play drive where they where they just went grinding down the field with all run plays, and Jimmy G's just handing the ball off and and use check is you know probably the best fullback in the league, particularly with James Devlin being out most of this year as well. Yeah. Uh, so they that drive was the equivalent of a Vikings team having something stuck in their throat and choking a little and the Niners going, <laughs> right, well, we've got a size size 12 Doc Martin and we're going to put that right on your throat to clear the airwave. And, oh, sorry, you, you've passed out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it sucked the wind out of that oh. Vikings team so much. Oh, it killed it. If you can't, if you're behind in the fourth quarter and you can't stop the run, it is game over. There's There's nothing you can do about it. You just have to watch your Super Bowl dreams go up in smoke. And their offense, the Vikings, out of the last thirty minutes, they were only on the ball for for uh, just over nine minutes out of thirty <laughs> minutes. You know, and when you when you're when you're already, you know, two scores behind, it's just there's just no chance. You know, it must have been so frustrating for. I didn't watch it with my um, uh, Vikings friend Percy or your friend as well. Um, but yeah. that must have been depressing. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, uh, kind of friend. He's your, he's your friend first, I think. Yeah, I guess. You, you saw Stuart Lee with him, though, you, you know. Yes, yeah, I saw pals, Stuart Lee. And Percy um, was there, too. Uh, he was there? Yeah. Percy was there, and I saw Stuart Lee. <laughs> That's the most important thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I like Sophie. In a, way, in a way, you're closer to Stuart Lee than you are to Percy. I wish I, wish I was. I really wish I was, <laughs> to be honest. It's quite interesting, though, the, the comparison of those two games that were on last Saturday, the, the Niners game, and just moving ahead into the uh, the Titans game that was after that against the Ravens. You know, we're yeah. in such a pass-heavy NFL. You know, pass interference plays are, are called so much in the favour of receivers. We, you know, receivers looking for flags every 10 seconds. The quarterbacks can't be touched. They get more time than ever sometimes. They're not allowed to really be hit in any way, shape, or form. It's all about yep. slinging it downfield. And yet the two teams that were probably the most dominant out of all of the teams on the uh, divisional round weekend were the two teams that run the ball and kept the ball and led with time of possession through that running game. I mean, Derek Henry, again, how long can you ride Derek Henry when he has 280-yard running games in the playoffs? I mean, the guy... 
is an unstoppable tank and it's just surely a case of can he keep the foot on the gas going through the uh, the championship game coming up this weekend to get this Titans team to the Super Bowl. I know there's more than that, but Derek Henry keeps running like he's doing. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to bet against the Titans if they're getting 180 yards on the ground through one running back. Well, this is the thing as well, and the and the and the, and the Chiefs don't have a um, uh, an amazing run defense either. Um, I, I mean, it's just it's just so shocking to see to see them do that to the Ravens. I really, really didn't think it would happen. You know, I thought that this could be uh, double digits uh, scoring difference for the for the Ravens. I really didn't think it was going to be close. I just I just thought they'd pick up where they left off. I was just completely wrong about it, along with most other people, I suppose. I don't even think Titans fans would have, you know, given them uh, this result. It's incredible. Well, there was all the chat as soon as the Titans won against the Patriots. Everybody, or what I thought people were kind of making the claim of, well, the Titans are going to be the toughest task for the for the Ravens out of all of the potential teams, you know? And it was like, yeah, are you just saying that for the sake of being able to say in a week's time, if it happens, see, I told you so, or yeah. is there actually logic to it? And and a few people, in fairness, did raise some good points. Like we mentioned last week in the preview to that game, that you know the Titans team are just physically abusive as an offensive line, as a, as a running back punch, and they like to play heavy power football. And if you're getting kicked in the mouth all the time, it it, it is draining and it's difficult. But even then, you kind of thought, yeah, but Lamar Jackson, he moves so well, and the Titans were so good at collapsing a pocket, not not giving him not giving him a lane to move out of in the first half, also. They restricted him so much and it was only kind of, I don't want to say garbage time because there was always a possibility that the Ravens potentially could suddenly light it up late on. But Mm -hmm. there was very much a feeling of there has been a lot of damage done and this is getting out of hand suddenly going into the kind of midpoint of the third quarter. And that was when you were like, yeah, Jackson might not be able to pull them out of this even if he does pull off the razzle-dazzle. Video game football doesn't work against pounding the rock. It was... To bring a bit of balance to it, though, I would say there was quite a lot of weird stuff happening in that game. <laughs> there were a lot of there were a lot of drops. It there were a lot of times, and you look you look at the the score box. I know that you know stats can be misleading, but you know he got 140 yards on the ground. He got 300 yards through the air. There, it was just the ultimate bend, but don't break defense from the titans but there was a lot of bend you know they, mm. th- there was a the the ravens were moving the ball kind of consistently throughout the game and they would it just they just couldn't get it done in the in the red zone and then that was enough so it wasn't it's easy to kind of over overplay these things sometimes in retrospect but i could have that game still could have changed in the fourth quarter you you still felt like it could have been you know, all they needed was a, a far-scoring drive and they could have got things back on track. But it just never happened. Seven, I was just kind of waiting the whole game and it just didn't happen. Seven drops by Ravens receivers. God's Com- right, that backs me up. I Com- didn't know it was that many. To- I know Hurst had a bad one. Uh, Willie Sneed had two. Mark Andrews had one. Uh, Hayden Hurst, Miles Boykin, Seth Roberts and uh, Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram oh, having right, to- so a, a team performance then. Yeah, no, there's a real hustle all over that. Stonehands. <laughs> Nelson Aguilar's been brought in as their receivers coach. So. <laughs> uh, oh, no. <laughs> hey, it's an Eagles Poor bird, so Aguilar. <laughs> he's going to be He's going to be looking for a job in the summer, isn't he? Oh, Off yeah. topic. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be looking for a new place. Although... I don't Cut. know, man. I didn't see enough from half the other. I mean, Ward obviously came on later on in the year, and Arcega Whiteside started to get some catches like late on in the season. But I'd still take. I mean, Aguilar when he does catch it makes plays after the catch, and that's something very useful indeed. What it must was- stick in your stick in your claw that uh, DK Metcalf was uh, drafted. He was drafted after Arcega yeah. Whiteside. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just a. Although you never know, he might develop more in this second. Well, and also the draft is such a freaking lottery. Like I, I don't buy. You can scout all you want, but if the guy ends up being a douchebag, he's not going to do anything in the NFL. Or you can have the <laughs> guy. Or you can have the guy that gets drafted one ninety nine, like Tom Brady, or you know, yeah, yeah. different fits I, and all that. Like the dra- scouting is so funny in the NFL when people come up with these mock drafts. Like he's going to be great, Mark Sanchez. He's going to be an excellent pro quarterback. Oh, the guy's going to fumble into somebody's butt. <laughs> get out of it um, well when the draft comes around we'll have to have a podcast where we play some silly bets on because uh, it is it basically like a roulette uh, 
roulette wheel to me. So we should place some fun bets on it and as, see. As long as we don't have out. any in-depth conversation about like who's going to make it at the NFL level, I will refuse to be one, involved in anything like that. Well, I couldn't anyway because I think you're the only one who really watches college anyway. So I'd really be uh, imposing. Yeah, yeah. You, you'd know that I was full of crap <laughs> if I started going. Well, you know, he's amassed uh, three thousand yards with. Um... Hey, and I gotta say, you know, Vanderbilt play SEC <laughs> yeah, opposition Vander- every single week. Yeah, so even yeah. though they with, weren't with great, South... you know, he's he's played the best best players in the SEC throughout his college <laughs> career, so he can do it. Well, the, the Pac-10 isn't what it used to be, and. So yeah, you know yeah, the yeah. names. There we go. We're halfway there. Yeah, but man. it's just words. It's just words that I've accumulated. Meaningless words. Um, yeah, they just fall out of me. Yeah, it, yeah. This back to the Ravens Titans. It could have gone any other way, but what the Titans have done in the two playoff games is that they've ridden the hottest legs in the NFL. It, it's it's scary watching him go and seeing just you know it's a guaranteed seven yards almost every carry. It's ridiculous. I'm, is there a like high school? clip of uh derrick henry i mean i've seen they've shown a couple over the playoffs i think there's like one or two that they've shown of like he has been a monster all the way through his career yeah it's not yeah because like... i was just thinking of guys that i would want to tackle the least and he's at the moment the the top of that list yeah you take tackling marshawn lynch over derrick henry right now because marshawn lynch is kind of an old busted version of him Derek Henry's like primetime Marshall Lynch. I mean, the guy's only well, in his fourth year. He's getting it, to that I know. peak. Yeah. You know, you know, he could have another, for a running back, you know, could have another two or three years. But it's it's kind of like, is he going to get there? Is he going to have that chance to have those extra years when they're playing him this much? You know, we saw this with Le'Veon Bell. Mm. You know, these, these guys, get they get worn out. And you feel like the Titans are, I mean, they've got to put all their chips in the centre because... It's an incredible chance they've got. They've just beaten two huge franchises to get to the championship game. They're going to go in with loads of confidence against the Chiefs. You know, they, they're they going to give him the ball another 40 times or something. I don't know. I mean, you know, why not? He's had 700-yard rushing games in the last eight games. <laughs> <laughs> and And the one that wasn't 100 yards was an 86-yard rushing game. You look yeah. at the number of carries he's had uh, since uh, what week 10, he had 23 carries, a low against Jacksonville of 19 in uh, week 12 after the bye week, but then 26, 18, 21, and then the last three weeks, he's had 96 carries of the ball. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. I mean, so not that far off. I was kind of joking with a 40, but yeah, it's like so 30 yards then? 32, 32 34, sorry. and 30 in terms of carries. Wow. And then, you know, a couple of receptions here and there. You know, throws a touchdown pass as well. I mean, just... They know exactly how... I mean, it's very much a Mike Vrabel... If you imagine a former linebacker to think up an offensive style of play, yeah. what would you think? We'll give it to the big guy. We'll just kill him. <laughs> and then maybe we'll get Ryan Tannehill to throw a few if we need to. And that's exactly the thing what is, they do. I know. The thing is that's so exciting about Henry is that if he gets in the open field, you know, some of these big guys, you kind of feel like if they get in the open field, they kind of get a little bit lost. They don't quite know what to do because they're used to just hitting tackles and, um, you know, getting those five, six yard gains, getting the first down and then going and then going to the floor. Mm. But he can do it. You know, he can go 60 yards. He can go 70 yards. If he gets in the open field, you're in so much trouble because... Even your strong safety is going to get a hand to the face and he's going over. I, I did think Earl Thomas was going to make him fumble when he did break that long one. And then Earl Thomas well, he got handed back to off, him at the five-yard line. He handed like, off Earl Thomas in the, in, the, in the face and then pushed him in the back out of the way. Yeah, that was and funny Earl when he Thomas, turned into a lead blocker. Yeah, Earl Thomas, you know, the legend of the Legion of Boom, known for being a hard hitter. And he made him look like a, an old man, didn't he? That's the other I mean, thing, it, chirping. Yeah, man. When they made all those comments about, oh, the Patriots didn't want to tackle Derek Henry. They didn't want to tackle Derek Henry. Wait till he comes into Baltimore. And it's like, mm, how'd that go? Yeah, don't, see you later. Don't start chirping against the 240-pound running back. Just don't. It's such a futile exercise. It, it's going to be fascinating if he, can, if he can do it again. We'll get into the... Um, um, the Titans against the Chiefs but uh, yeah fantastic matchup that really exciting
let's go into the Chiefs against the Texans then. Because, yeah, yeah. Uh, Best game of the weekend as well. So. Uh. Yeah. No. This. No. This was a game which, during the whole thing, people. You've were saying, never seen anything like that. I mean, you'll never see anything like that again. Probably. It's I mean, incredible. My old, my old man messaged me and said, "Oh, so we're just having college football on Sundays now, are we?" Uh, right okay that's a fair comment from what i do know about college football and i have seen it is uh you do get some pretty wild scores yeah Yeah, wild scores and basketball scores yeah like defenses all over the shop um but it's fun though right yeah it's really fun it was look it was an incredibly enjoyable game except for the fact that as soon as the chiefs got their second touchdown you thought it's game over yeah they they won't be stopped and they hit in such rapid fire you know, 24 points down and they put 28 on the board in one quarter. Same as they did What's against it? the Raiders earlier in the year when they put 28 yeah. points on. A qu- I mean, it's just unbelievable. And as soon yeah. as they six, got that... Six over. unanswered touchdowns after going 24-0 down. And so when people were saying this is <laughs> like a nuts. legendary game, it, it is legendary to an extent, but I wasn't excited for about half. It was just it was just a spectacle for me. I I think I said on our group messenger I couldn't think of another example where a team's been blowing out their opposition and then the team that was getting blown out blows out the other team. I I just can't remember seeing it flip that much. Normally you get you get a team blowing out a team and then you might get an amazing comeback where it ends up fairly evens, but not a 20 point difference. Yeah. And like you said, you know, from the second touchdown, when it was so 24 to 14, or was it 21 to 14? No, 20, 24 to 14. From there, you were like, oh, Chiefs are going to win, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is crazy because they were still two scores down. But it was just, that's that's it. So you know, That's how it's going to go. When you look at it, the first Houston touchdown was a blown coverage. The next two touchdowns came off fumbles, uh, recovered. There's block punt one, as well, was it? Uh, yeah, one going back to the house, and then there was yeah. the uh, the other fumble um, that led to the short score for Watson to Fells. So the Texans did nothing to really deserve their lead. You know, it was mm. Kansas mistakes that opened up a huge door, and you were like, okay, this is yeah. just classic Andy Reid choking in the playoffs. Um which is a harsh thing to say because I love Andy Reid, but you know he has a habit of that. But you knew the moment that Bill O'Brien went for that fake punt and uh, and risked it and didn't get it on fourth down, oh, I yeah. knew that was a turning point because Bill O'Brien had recognised that the Chiefs had suddenly gathered so much momentum with those two scores, and it was like that Uh-oh. he needed to get it. Yeah, I need a longer yeah, yeah. drive to bring it back to take the crowd out of it. Yeah, to slow and down. it was a bit. It was a bit of a kind of panicky decision really i mean the guy made a hell of a play yeah but you're um, you're, you're going for it on fourth down in a, like know. your own 35 yard line basically like you, you're giving them a short field and then the... he didn't go for it on fourth down on the chief's 13 yard line no went for and the got field that goal. and he went for that field goal yeah and he you know he needed that touchdown i don't think that any of it would have mattered though you know you can see those as bad calls in retrospect but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, Patrick Mahomes was going light, to light that defence up all day. And he was doing completely ridiculous things with his hands. I mean, I some of his sidearm throws in slow motion is about the prettiest thing I've seen in football. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's like Brett Favre on cocaine or something. It's so... Yeah, it's... <laughs> It never, just it never so feels cool. as reckless as Favre, does it? No, it doesn't. He's in control. He's in control. Yeah, maybe cocaine's a bad example, but it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you um, stripped away Brett Favre's, like, rough around the edges... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and Mahomes just... It, Mahomes is almost arrogantly reckless, but smooth as silk as he does it. it. It feels like his recklessness is completely planned and orchestrated. It's it's phenomenal it's to watch. To, to combine... That arm, where you can pass it, you know, fifty yards down the field with that touch, is just outrageous. So it's it's hard to see if he if he plays like that, it doesn't really matter who he's playing. I would say, yeah, it really doesn't matter. And obviously, he's got Andy Reid calling um, some lovely plays as well. But I can't. Oh God, how good was Kelsey? Well, I was, I was thinking about say, when I was 
when I was thinking about this earlier, yeah, I'd kind of forgotten about it. Yeah. But Kelsey had an incredible performance. That's the kind of thing that I thought Kittle was going to do in the playoffs. We haven't seen it yet. He's still got time. But Kelsey is like reminding everyone, okay, you're talking about George Kittle all year. I'm actually the guy. Uh, this let, is me. Let me dance in prime time. Yeah, let me yeah. do it in the playoffs. 134 yards, eight first down catches, 10 receptions, three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. Wow. And three touchdowns and, in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were in coverage. When they like, there were three guys around him for one of them, which is, you know, good on him. Obviously, that uh, that was one of the sidearm ones that I was thinking of from Mahomes. But yeah, I, Kelsey is he's fantastic. But you trust, sh- you know, you trust him at the end of a game to get it done for you. They they spread the ball somebody. nicely as well. I mean, you look at uh, Jimmy G hit four different receivers. That was it against. Yeah. Uh, against the Vikings. I mean, Mahomes hit Kelsey, Hill, Hardman, Bell, Watkins, wow. Williams, and they're all for multiple catches, two or more. Uh, and then Demarcus Robinson had one and Dion Yelda had one as well. I mean, it's spreading the field. They can hit you in so many different ways, but the trouble is is that because you then have to cover so many different people, their best players like Kelsey are going to eat up that sort of thing all day long. Yep. If, if you put Kelsey in one-on-one, even two-on-one in the end zone, I mean, he's big enough, strong enough, it's just a unit, an absolute unit, and he hasn't had the biggest year this year. I mean, the Chiefs kind of have just gone off the radar a bit going into the playoffs because it was like, well, yeah, the Chiefs will be there, obviously, yeah. But nobody was, nobody's cooed about them like they were last year. And I think there was perhaps a little statement as well from that offense. I mean, they ran out of touchdown fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? They did. They ran out of touchdown oh. fireworks at the stadium. Oh, I love that. And they put up an announcement on the board that said... We're really sorry, Chiefs fans. If you want to direct any complaints about the lack of touchdown fireworks to your local fan area or whatever, feel free. But we've run out of touchdown fireworks for this game. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, no. If you, They should have said, if you want to complain to anybody, complain to Bill O'Brien's defense. <laughs> <laughs> Send your letters to. <laughs> can, we, can we just reference as well that Bill, Bill O'Brien looks like he has a hole in his chin? He does, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's That is weird. It, it yeah. got pointed out to me during the game, and I didn't believe it until I went and looked at pictures. And it is, I know what you mean. I'm going to look at it again right now. It's like a butt chin. Yeah, but but more, it's very pronounced, isn't it? It's like something's happened to him. Yeah, which I, I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, I've got it. I've got it. I've got and it. I here. hope it hasn't, but that is... <laughs> so it is an odd chin. <laughs> wow. We should put a photo in the show notes uh, for this. God, I'm just looking through. That's outrageous. What a what a weird guy. Yeah, I didn't realise it was well, that bad. We won't be seeing him in the playoffs anymore. So, see you later. Next. <laughs> Last game of the weekend was uh, Packers against the Seahawks. Um, Again, this was a game that I just wasn't that enthused about from the word go. No, no. Green Bay started moving the ball and Seattle never had anything. Look, Russell Wilson has dragged this team kicking and screaming for large parts of this year and there's only so much that he can do, uh, particularly against a, a Green Bay pass rush that was excellent at times at putting pressure on him and, and closing yeah, him down. Yeah, the, the Smith brothers getting four sacks between them. Yep. And I think there were another another two in there as well, maybe six or seven sacks in total. And then, you know, the um, composed ball movement of Aaron Rodgers we all know what he's all about 243 yards off 16 completions and and Aaron Jones getting it done like you know 21 carries 62 yards it's not exceptional but it's more than enough to beat a, a beaten up Seahawks team this is the thing they just didn't need to do anymore you know it's kind of it's kind of like Tannehill you know in the in the Titans game you know he he passed for 80 yards but he didn't need to pass for more um, you know, you only need to beat what what's up against you. I mean, the only thing I'd say is a little bit of a knock on the Packers is that and this is probably more of a credit to Wilson, but you know they allowed twenty points um, in the second half, and yeah. they they should have they should have kind of like you were using that analogy, putting their boot on their throat. They should have. They should have not relented. They should have kept scoring. They should have kept going. And I think that's one of the things I've seen throughout Green Bay is they tend to get the lead early in these games. 
they come out firing, they have good first halves, and then they kind of ride that to the end. And that's why they haven't had memory, many memorable games throughout the season. And that's why I haven't been that impressed with them. But they have, you know, compiled a 13-3 record. They just, they made that game look pretty easy for most of it. I never really felt that even in the fourth quarter that the Seahawks were going to do it. It didn't really feel like the momentum ever really changed, even though they, they did get those 20 points. It just felt like it was slipping away from them from the start, you know? Yeah, Seattle felt like they were running uphill on a treadmill that was never going to allow yeah. them to get to the top. And, and Green Bay had kind yep. of done enough to already be stood up there and just kind of looking over and being like, oh, we've only got one more step to go. And then <laughs> yeah, we're, like, then we're do, done. Do you, remember, do you remember Gladiators, yeah. the travelator at the end? And you'd see some poor guy who had gone throughout the whole obstacle course and then get to the travelator and he'd just start running up and then he'd like collapse and it would just drag him down. And then he would try again and he'd be too knackered. And, and Green Bay are already just, at the top. And they're, they're, they're holding the rope to swing through that final like finishing banner. But they're just yeah, looking yeah, at yeah. Seattle like running up it still like, ah, oh, that's kind of sad. We can go any time through this banner, but you, you keep trying. Keep trying, I, like Russell. I've actually, I've actually got a good image of Aaron Rodgers literally doing that and looking back with his kind of like smug face. Yeah. He'd have a great look for that. And then, uh, yeah, swinging. Wearing like triple denim as he does it. Triple denim. <laughs> It'd be very hot to do the Travelator in triple denim. Even single denim, man. And cowboy boots as well. Roger's doing it in triple denim and, the, and big boots. Uh, I, I yeah. reckon he's he could probably do that. I mean, the the story for the Green Bay Packers is Devontae Adams. Like the connection between Adams yards, and, yeah. and Rogers yeah. is, aside obviously from the pass rush that, that slowed down and, and kept Wilson in check. I mean, Seattle had no run game. They were never going to have a run game. They played a poor Eagles side that was as torn up and more torn up than they were. No pun intended, but you know. Um, and then, and Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers have that connection. It might be the best, most in sync receiver that Rodgers has had with him. And they kind of don't really have. I never think that the Packers have much else. Like Jimmy Graham isn't Jimmy Graham. He is no. a solid tight end. Uh, Lazard's come on as we've mentioned before, kind of late on in the year. Like they're good at. Passing the ball out of the running back position, of course, with um, uh, with, with Jamal Williams, but you know everybody else is just a part player aside from Adams and Rogers. This is it. You you feel you feel like this could be a powerhouse team. You know, if they had some more weapons there, if they had another running back coming out of the backfield or a, a passing back as well, would be very useful. So Aaron Rodgers isn't isn't the only one back there. And then they had a second, maybe even a third wide receiver as well, or a tight end who was in that kind of Kelsey Kittle class. Mm. You know, this team would be, we'd be talking about them as maybe the favourites with that defence. And and instead we're talking about a 13-3 team that you're kind of, you're not excited about. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think that, I mean, the 49ers, I would say at the moment have got the best defence, but... <laughs> I wouldn't have probably said that for the last five games of the season, maybe. But Green Bay, yeah, I mean, they've probably got the second best defense in there. And they've just, I don't know, I feel like they're just, they're a couple of pieces short. You look at these other teams here and it just feels like they've got more weapons. Well, statistically, um, from the regular season at least, like Green Bay's D doesn't stand up to much. 14th in passing yards per game, 23rd in rushing yards allowed per game. They've only allowed 19 passing TDs, but they've allowed 15 rushing TDs, which is the 21st yeah. in the league. I mean, it's kind not... of middle, middle of the pack. Yeah. yeah. It's a D that at times has made some, uh, and it's kind of, you can get confused, not confused. That sounds a bit patronizing towards you. You can get confused, Dave, with what you see and what's actually happening, <laughs> yeah. but you can be lulled into it. When you, when you think back, like towards the end of the season, they had that, obviously the big game against the Vikings, that pass rush that came on there. They were, they were yeah, good yeah. on this weekend, but, but actually it, Statistically, they're not. Uh, it's not, not a team standing that lives out. up to too much. They're top ten only in interceptions, which is seventeen mm -hmm. this year, and uh, points allowed per game. They're the ninth best in the league uh, this year, third in interceptions this year. I was going to say they don't allow a lot of points, which is. I mean, this year, which is one of the things that I that I wonder about. You know, them potentially playing the Forty ers is that, you know, if we can lead on to that, is that I think that Carl Shanahan is going to be desperate to go up early against them 
if he can score, you know, twice in the first quarter, something like that, come out firing, you just don't feel like this Green Bay team is built to come from behind with that poor a passing game, really. Even with Aaron Rodgers, you know, if you can shut down Devontae Adams or limit him to a certain extent, who's he going to pass to? If they're behind by 10 points in the last few minutes, I don't even know if Aaron Rodgers, unless he's got some incredible magic left in him, I don't know if what we've seen this year, if they're going to be able to do it. So I think Carl Shanahan will try and go up early. He'll probably take some risks as well in the first quarter. And if he can do it, you know, I can't see... I can't see Green Bay coming back and winning it. Aaron Jones had the third most number of carries of the season against Seattle, uh, that uh, 21 yep. carries or so. So they knew that they were going to probably ride it through uh, Aaron Jones a fair bit. I think Rodgers will have to do more, as you mentioned, um, against the 49ers. Uh, but in terms of the 49ers offense, it's kind of there for Jimmy G and George Kittle to have a big day because they were so quiet yeah. against the Vikings. I mean, Kittle was phenomenal as a run blocker. And that's yeah. that's what they wanted him to do in that game plan at the end of the day. Um, what Tevin Coleman had his first uh, 100 yard and multi touchdown game uh, since week eight in that playoff game. So he'll obviously feel that he'll want to get the ball and keep moving. But Kittle was so where is it? He had the lowest number of receiving yards all season against the Vikings, just 16. And for a big time tight end, he'll be itching to go out and. And beat those matchups because he can beat any matchup at the moment in the passing game, much like Travis yep. Kelsey. Uh, Garoppolo had his lowest completions of the year um, with 11 against the Vikings and some of his lowest yardage as well with 131. So, yeah, he might want to come out. And I can just, I can just see the 49ers saying, right, well, this defense allows teams to both run and pass. We can do both of it. And our our front seven, our front four, as you mentioned, can stop anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, talk about Armstead, Day, uh, obviously Bosa mm-hmm. and DeForest Buckner. They're like relentless savages. It's like having four pit bulls on a lead that are just yapping and yapping and ready to go. And as soon as the <laughs> balls snap, they just come tearing at you. And even well, I, I would, I'd expect as well, I think Shanahan's going to scheme a lot of stuff where Garoppolo, because you know you mentioned that he can get a bit flustered with pressure, he's, he's going to be looking for dump-offs, he's going to be looking for quick releases... And his first read is going to be Kittle most of the time, isn't it? Yeah. So it makes sense that Kittle's going to have a big game because to avoid the Smith brothers, um, you know they're going to they're going to have to get rid of the ball quicker than against maybe some other teams, or well, certainly against the Vikings anyway. And, they I, and I think as well, anything. to be honest, you're going to have to look at the the defensive linemen, um, Lowry, Lancaster, and Clark for the for the Packers to do yep. more without having help and pressure from the linebacker positions as well because the linebackers are going to be having to be wary of Kittle getting into space, particularly in man-on-man coverage. The, you know, yep. the, the DBs are good enough, but you've got Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel who's come on leaps and bounds towards the end of the year as the kind of go-to receivers that you know Debo can run a deep threat. Sanders is like a safest pair of hands for an experienced receiver. So, yeah, well, you can't you can't cover Kittle with just DBs. You know, we saw what happens this season when you when you do that. You know, he will shrug guys off. So it's I, I so, think it's almost an impossible matchup for the Green Bay D to to be able to compete in. I just don't think it's good enough. It's a struggle. Like I said, I mean, if I if I see at any point the Forty ers up by ten. I'm calling it game game over. <laughs> that could be quick. I mean, <laughs> two, yeah, I just two drives in, even with Rogers. Rogers is late magic. Well, it could, but have you seen it this year? I haven't really. I haven't really seen it. I haven't seen. Uh, uh, you know, and he's been injured the last few years. I don't know. I mean, it, it would be. We're all kind of assuming that we're going to see this crazy vintage Aaron Rodgers again, but we haven't seen it yet. And I don't think we've really seen it in a couple of years. So, so you're saying you know, he's they haven't. It? I'm not saying he's past it, but <laughs> he could be. I'm saying that we don't know. Yeah. And we can't presume that he's going to get it done. And I don't think it's the same as, you know, I would back Russell Wilson in a two-minute drive to to win that game. I don't know, Aaron Rodgers, with those weapons. I don't know if he's. I don't know if that's team team's good enough around him to, and I don't know if he's good enough on his own to 
to be that guy. But we'll see, you know. The, Probably uh, make me look foolish now like Kirk Cousins did when I was calling him out. So The injury report uh, for um, for the Packers this week, Jeremy Allison's uh, still not practicing. Jimmy Graham didn't practice uh, this week, although I imagine Graham will still be playing and good to go. Mercedes Lewis had limited time, the other experienced tight end, former Jag. Um, Brian Belaga, the tackle, uh, had limited practice as well. And he's a, he's a big experienced guy on that offensive line for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, he's been there a long time, yeah. I know I sound really kind of apathetic towards it, but I just don't I don't see it being any other way apart from the 49ers going to the Super Bowl. And I kind of thought that once they got past the Vikings last week, because I thought the Vikings of all the teams was probably had the best chance because of that very good defence that they've got. And it was a case of, well, if the offence can then put on a performance to compete with, which they couldn't, then there's half yep. a chance. So, yeah, 49ers all the way on that one. Uh, what about as we... I mean, this can, is, I just, can I just wind back the clock as well? Because it's making me think of... Uh, 2016 when the Falcons went to the Super Bowl when we absolutely slammed the Packers in the championship game. Do you remember that? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was... That was good. That was vintage Falcons, really. Yeah. I just, you know, there's there's precious few good memories, but that 44-21 to 21 drubbing, was uh, that was nice. And that was the last time that Rodgers was in the championship game. So, Kyle, come back. Is that what you're saying? Carl, come back. <laughs> oh, I miss you, sir. Oh, my heart's hurting. Um, what about the other one, Titans, Chiefs? This is this is the best. This is going to be the most fun to watch. I think it's a it's certainly a better lineup. Um, I, yeah, I, oh, I don't know. It feels like it feels like the Chiefs are heavy favourites, but. How can we overlook the Titans after what they've done to the Patriots and then the Ravens away from home both times as well? And they haven't really had to in either of those games, I'd say, even though they were technically one score games to finish. I don't think they've really had to let fly. You know, they haven't had Tannehill hasn't had to do crazy things. And we know that he can. He's had an incredible year. He's got good wide receivers they they can throw the ball as well. So I think in this game, then it's they know to keep up with the Chiefs, they're gonna have to air it out some more. It's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating to see. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to what Tannehill can do. And this is these two teams that have already played each other this year. Yeah, and the Titans won, didn't they? Yep. Thirty five yep. to thirty two. Uh yep. Derek Henry had his best rushing game of the regular season with 188 yards on the ground against the Kansas D that is ranked 26th in yards per game against the rush, uh, 17th in rushing touchdowns allowed, and 28th in yards per rush allowed this season, 4.9 yards a carry they average against yeah, wow. And then you, wow. you compare it to, how's that Titans rushing attack looking? 138.9 average a game, 21 rushing TDs, second in the league. Uh, five yards oh per rush God. average, second in the league, and the longest of 74 yards. I mean, Titans offense against the Chiefs defense, it is a game that is built for the Titans to be able to win if it was just yeah. those that side of the ball playing because the Chiefs struggle against the run and the it Titans is, and, kill the and run. And they can, they can keep them off the field. I mean, that's the crucial thing is that they're going to have to, like the 49ers did to the Vikings in choking out the, the clock in the in the second half, they're going to have to do that. And they've got the best running back in the NFL right now to do it. And doesn't it they kind can... of remind a little bit of the game control that the Patriots had when they got back into that game against the Chiefs last year? Yep. You know, another another few drives of Mahomes sat on the sideline looking frustrated at the Titans yeah, grinding Yeah, because he, he knew that all he needed was the ball and, and he could win that game because he's that good. But if you don't get the ball... You can't do anything, yeah. you know. It's uh, yeah, it's it's going to be really, really interesting. I, I, yeah, I would, I would say the Chiefs are going to win, but you know, you've got to give it up for this Titans team. I don't want to, I don't want to disrespect them by uh, going too hard against them because they've they've already done, you know, incredible things. Well, the, everybody expected the Patriots to win, and everybody expected the Ravens to win. So now that you've done those two, you've you've 
silenced all the critics that were yep. coming at you for the playoffs. If you go and beat Kansas City, somebody should hand them like the Super Bowl trophy. I mean, to be honest, if they if they beat the Patriots, beat the Ravens, beat the Chiefs, and then beat the Niners in the Super it's Bowl, it's the hardest the hardest Super Bowl route ever. I would say as a as a wild card as well. Yeah, in, I, mean, I can't remember what did the who did the Giants play? We'd have to have a look at what the Giants did in 2011 because they were a wild card team with a nine and seven record for, off the top of my head. So that would be the best comparison. And they obviously beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, which is incredibly hard. But I don't know who they came through against the NFC. But they would have been away from home as well. Yep, on the road for every single on one. On the road throughout Atlanta, throughout those games. Atlanta, Green Bay and the Niners. But they were at home against the Falcons in the World Card game. So they went through Wild Card, okay. but they were a divisional winner. I see, okay. Beat the Falcons 10-7. And uh, then, sorry, so Rogers and Rogers had just won the Super Bowl the year before, right? So that was the, they were the defending Super Bowl champions. So they beat them. Yeah, beat the 49ers in uh, overtime in the uh, NFC Championship game. Wow, which was a uh, 49ers team led by Alex Smith. That I don't know, Alex Smith, Frank Gore in his prime, yeah. Vernon Davis, Delaney Walker, Michael Trab Crabtree. I mean, yeah, they had a lot of weapons, didn't they? Strong numbers. Not as not as hard as this, though. This no, is this, this is, is something hard. else, and and they're on the road the whole time, well, like you said. You've beaten so. the best defense in the league. You've then beaten the MVP and the best rushing attack and the best team, arguably in the league, the team that everybody's considered the best team, and you probably think... the second best defense as well. In a lot of stats, the Ravens' defense was high, yeah, really, really high. And then yeah. and then you beat the guys that were considered second best to the Ravens in the Chiefs if you win this week, and then yep. if you play the Niners and beat them, that's obviously the best team in the NFC. I mean, yeah, it would be the storybook. What? And they, I really think they can it's do it. It's wild. And for Tannehill, if Tannehill could do that, oh, because going back you to know, Miami he, and winning a Super Bowl is like he didn't even have a starting job at the beginning of the year. I mean, it's just like yeah, and it's in Miami. It's just you can't. You know, sometimes sport just. Oh, and you we'll just be, can't write and we'll this be stuff. denied it because Patrick Mahomes is going to throw like seven yeah touchdowns. yeah that's the thing we're never going to see it Patrick Mahomes is just going to go bombs away and just light light him up I mean is it um, do you think it's like Mahomes it's a good dream Mahomes has his like look I'm the real MVP kind of over the last two years I'm the best quarterback in this league now like forget Aaron Rodgers forget what Russell Wilson's done I've gone well he is quiet yeah he has been he is. quiet in terms of again the talk about him more people have spoken about Wilson for MVP. Obviously, Lamar well, he was, Jackson. He was, he was injured, wasn't he? He was injured for, yeah, three, was for three, three or four games. games. I mean, that that you know that kills an MVP uh, campaign, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but but it is just like a hey, like this is only my third year in the NFL, and I was the best player in the league last year, and I'm yeah. still the best player in this league. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely the best best passer in the league. Yeah, it's he just needs to just needs to get it done on the big stage now. And then he's kind of standing on top of the mountain, isn't he, really? So what do you want to see as a Super Bowl? I want to see Chiefs 49ers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just think they're, they're two teams that I like, so I'm biased. You know, I really want to see Carl Shanahan get a ring because of the fuck. Because <laughs> <laughs> of, of what happened with the my team... Uh, the Atlanta Falcons. You don't have to live through that. We'll pause the show for a moment. Oh. Come back. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, I'd like to see Carl Shanahan get a ring. I, I just like, I kind of like all their players, really. Um, I'm not I'm not too enthusiastic about Jimmy G. I kind of understand where you're coming from talking about him earlier. Um, but I, the rest of their team, it just seems like it's a team game American football, and they've got players at kind of every level that you can like and get behind. And the Chiefs, I just love watching Mahomes, and they are the they're the. Since I've been watching the NFL, I think we'll, we can talk about this. See if you've got some other really good examples, but they're the best big play offense that I can remember, and that is really exciting. At the end of the day, we want to see touchdowns and seeing. A 50-yard bomb to somebody like Tyreek Hill, you know, you feel like a kid again. That's the stuff where you all get off your chair and you're like, "What the hell?" It's like mm. absolutely wild. You know, I, they they. 
I they're ex- they're so exciting to watch. I find the Chiefs a bit odd because they're not like they're not quite video game football, but they seem more like beach American football. You know, when we we play on the beach in Wales, and it'd be like everybody yeah. get open on three, ready, ready, break. And, yeah, it's like, yeah. and the Chiefs just seem to do that. It's like okay, so they're playing zones. So we're just going to run straight through the middle of all these zones, and then Mahomes is going to fling it over the top, and that's it. Like they're the it's all schemed by Andy Reid, obviously, but it looks yeah. at times like there is no scheme, and it's just right. Well, Kelsey will go short. And then Tyreek Hill will just go long and like it's one or the other. Don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> and it's fun to watch. Um, I think I've enjoyed watching the Titans play in the playoffs more this year, though. Like watching the Chiefs is, is great fun. I really enjoy it. But the Titans have won me over. Like I, it was the one redeeming thing I had about the Patriots last year. I could enjoy watching that Patriots team because mm. I liked them bringing back two running back football, you know, fullback and running back coming out of the eye pound in the rock like it's not necessarily the most aesthetically pleasing game to watch as a fan's point of view but yep. it's, it's quite fun to see all of these kind of big flashy teams you know Goff's offense last year under McVeigh and and obviously the Ravens last week um, against the Titans it's fun mm-hmm. to see these flashy offenses that work so well in the regular season the MVPs and all that stuff and then like no you, but you can't take being hit in the mouth and being having yeah. the foot put on your throat and that's one of the reasons why i quite like watching the 49ers because they can they can kind of do both and the yeah. titans take take the running game to a, a savage nth degree so i don't mind if the titans win i want to i want to see patrick mahomes play in miami i really want to see him get a ring I, I, I don't really mind any matchup now i mean seeing aaron Rodgers play mahomes would be a hell of a lot of fun Not you know as game. long as as long as i see yeah, as long as Aaron Rodgers doesn't win. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't mind. I mean, it would be it would be fitting for him to get a second Super Bowl ring because he he's had such an amazing career. It seems crazy that he's only got one, really. I just don't want many... him to win it with this team though because he's had far more deserving yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if you're talking about Rodgers, And it's not an then... exciting it's not an exciting team. They're the least exciting team in the last four. I think we can agree on that. Like the year um the year that they uh, beat Arizona uh, what 2009 when Rogers had like 400 yards and uh, and four TDs like that was yep. that was a really fun Green Bay team to watch and it was all Rogers there was no balance to it it was what we've said for years about the Packers that they've rarely had a running game but it was kind of fun when Rogers was doing that craziness and now we don't I really know. get that craziness and we get the balanced attack in Green Bay and actually it's kind of boring and you're like well huh. yeah okay fair enough I mean Alan Lazard, I'm not getting <coughs> not getting excited for. Marcus Valdez Scantling, I've certainly got personal issues with him because of the fantasy football season. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, like Jamal Williams and uh, and Aaron Jones are a fun running back tandem, but there's nothing really else. Like it's just oh yeah, Rogers and Rogers got that kind of ego about him now as well a bit. He's like a bit grouchy and because of all the fallings out with previous coaches and you know the debate around Matt Lafleur and Rogers and will they won't they kind of work together. It's just Get over yourself for a bit now, man. Like, do you want to ring? Do you want to actually achieve your potential or not? Like, shut up and just play the football and it's not been interesting. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I... But it's not a team that I dislike, Green Bay. And I dislike a lot of teams in the NFL. Yeah. So... (coughs) Excuse me. But it's... So I don't really... I don't really mind this... This this last four is really nice because there isn't a team that I really dislike... So I feel like I feel like it's all gravy from here now, especially now the Patriots are out. Yeah, it's it's going to be a good it's going to be a good Super Bowl probably regardless. But it's uh, I really really hope so. Yeah, I really really hope so. And I think yeah, I think from a fun position, I want Mahomes and I want the Chiefs <coughs> to take on the Forty ers But from yep. a admiration position and a storyline position, I love Tannehill going back to Miami and being in the big game against the Forty ers uh, that those are the two. Um, I know. I don't know who I'd support then. That would be give me a real. Uh, well, if Ryan Tannehill that leads that team out and gives the whole of Miami the finger, I'm right on board. Right on board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, points to the logo on the Titans jersey, like forever in my heart type thing. Just that, wear some that. hilarious like dolphin being decapitated shirt, or yeah. yeah, he's like supporting that Japanese uh, pastime <laughs> where they go in the cove and murder all the. Uh, Jesus, they're the whales, dolphins. not dolphins, man. <laughs> Bloody hell! I think that I think they kill everything. <laughs> if South Park's taught me one thing, it's that they kill all the 
all the big fish, yeah, mammals. Uh, on that note, should we go into the bets? Absolutely. Uh, let's start with Jazz's quickly. Uh, Jazz has gone for the Titans to beat the Chiefs at 27-10 and the 49ers uh, minus 7.5 on the spread. Uh, so that's 10 to 11. That's giving him a return of £7.06 on his £1 stake. Uh, and then you and I, uh, Dave, have gone for We're pretty much the same thing. Yep. So it's uh, we've got Green Bay and the Titans to win. So both underdogs. Uh, but fifteen to one, yeah, which, which is pretty good. It's the only, it's the only, it's the, it's probably the Super Bowl I'd least like to watch Green Bay against the Titans because I think that will it be is. more bland than. But I, I don't think I think fifteen to one is reasonable odds considering how open these. You know, they're not. It's two two horse races. They're not crazy games. That, they, but all, any team they at could this do level that. deserves to be at this point. Of Absolutely, the, of the game. Yeah, so, yeah. Everybody, I mean, the playoffs are so ridiculous, and they have been this yep. year, and they've been so much fun that you can't count anybody out. So yeah, so there you go, fifteen to one. So we'll see. Big thanks once again for listening this week. Big thanks to Dave for uh, actually making it to the podcast. Jazz, yeah, we'll catch up with you at some point. I'm sure. If you want to follow us in between episodes, you can go onto Twitter. That's at pick six underscore pod. It's at pick six underscore pod. On Instagram, UK underscore pick underscore six underscore podcast. That's UK underscore pick underscore six underscore podcast. And get onto iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, our host, and all good other podcasting outlets to like, subscribe, follow, etc. Uh, you can actually follow Dave on Twitter now as well. You can find him on at David Bluck one. That's at David Bluck one. Uh, and myself, O underscore J underscore Wilson. That's O underscore J underscore Wilson. Jazz still yet to sign up to social media. Fair play to him, I guess. Uh, we'll be back next time talking about the AFC and NFC championship games. And of course, we'll know who's going to be going to the Super Bowl. And we will have boots on the ground at the Super Bowl in the build up to the big game in the week before it. Uh, all that and more coming on the podcast in the next few weeks. Until then, take care.